Hey guys, well, welcome to another episode of Divine. Uh, Divine is a podcast which explores the overlap of design and development in the web space. Um, and today, as always, I'm joined by Tomo. Hi everyone, uh, great to be here again. I'm a graphic designer focused on branding. Um, and today we have another special guest. guest, guest, guest. <laughs> another guest. <laughs> Nick, would you like to do the honours? Yeah, so uh, we're joined here by John Duffield. Um, so John is uh, actually very nice of you, John, to fly all the way from America here to be with us just on this podcast. <laughs> Especially for Especially, this yeah, exactly Absolutely. right. Um, so John, by trade, I guess, is a digital strategist um, currently working at Omnicom. So welcome, John. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. Great, great to be here. This is probably... Um one of the most expensive podcasts of all time, flying all the way out. <laughs> Just <laughs> good sponsorship to get the flights. In, you know, yeah. Exactly from the, the US to Melbourne to film a podcast. Damn, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, nice one. But no, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. Cool, cool. So um, today we are going to talk about uh, bringing a product to market. Um, but before we get into the guts of it, um, Tommy, what have you been doing in the past uh, week or so? Uh, the past week has been really fun um, mm-hmm. because we've been getting everything together to launch this podcast. Yeah, so if you're actually listening to this, then that went pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, just just been sprinting through a few things over the weekend, just like creating the, the thumbnail images mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. for the episodes and working on the copy. Um, and, yeah, so that, that's been the, the biggest thing that's happened in the last week. Nice. How, about, how about you? Yeah, I mean, obviously the same thing. Um, lots of sprinting to get that done. Um, so that's been really good, and it's been what about six months of work now, sort of all coming together. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, so yeah. that's been um, it's been awesome. So that's happened. Um, also, um, so John as well actually is my older brother, so he's sort of come over here. Um, so it's great, obviously, spending some family time with him. And then also uh, we've kicked off um, two really big projects just in the past week. So really excited to sort of um, get a start on them. Yeah. yeah, cool. What about you, John? What have you been up to? Well, first of all, I'm glad we dropped the brother thing, Nick. I wasn't sure. <laughs> we didn't plan whether we were going to talk about that or not, but I'm glad we did. So that make, makes things a bit easier. But aside from flying halfway around the world for this, which we which we already touched on, um, balancing uh, my my biggest thing at the moment is is balancing uh, work with uh, other work. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, my full time deal is um, digital strategy for a large agency in the US, um, and it's an interesting kind of time at the moment because um, we're kind of focusing on expanding from just digital to like customer experience, so right. kind of widening the aperture a little bit. Cool. So that's been a big focus from some of our clients there. And also on the side, just looking at some some other projects and services that I've, I've been passionate about and mm-hmm. have picked mm-hmm. up some interest. I'm trying to see if there's a path to launch for that in uh, the little time I do have on the side. So a bit of a balancing act. Nice, lately. nice. And having a full-time family and, and all that as well. So that's, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Hello to my babies, Emmy and Phil. <laughs> Shout out, yeah, yeah. <laughs> out there, my lovely wife, Janet, who's got a full house at the moment while I'm enjoying myself down under. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Cool. All right, well, um, let's get into it then. So bringing a product to market. So I guess, John... Um, you've got the most uh, experience in this avenue. I mean, Tom, you've, have you sort of done anything like that before? Or I mean, the, the closest thing is probably this podcast. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 I guess um, so. And, and in, a, a, product, right? in a completely yeah. different way, bands. Yeah, sure, um, sure. You know, I'm probably playing in, it's, it's project six or seven now. Yeah, um, yeah. And that, I guess it's definitely a, a frame of thinking that can be applied to 
For releasing sure. songs and a band into the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. similar sort of but overall not process, I guess. No, yeah, yeah, cool. So, um, John, do you want to give us a... Well, do you want to talk about one specifically or... Yeah, well, I've got... I mean, uh, I've got one one example um, of bringing a product to market. We sold it in the end. Definitely got a lot of lessons that we can dive into in terms of um, bringing a product to market. Um, yeah, cool. I've also had some services, but yeah. So, so how would you... What, I guess what drove you at the start to sort of want to do something like that? Or, or did you see an opening in the market or is it more like, hey, I want to find an opening in the market or what, what was that? Well, I think for me, um, now I've been in the US now for almost 15, ye- or 15 years or so. And you can hear that twang every now. There's like a few words, like almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez, so I'm doing it yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do it all the time. You yeah. need to just ring a bell or put your hand up every time I do that because I, I lose track now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was in Los Angeles for um, the first 12 years. That's where my children were born, where I met my wife. And we've been on the East Coast for two years, two and a half years now. But in Los Angeles, just by way of location where we were, we were in what they call I mean, we all know Silicon Valley um, in San Francisco, kind of uh, Menlo Park area. And then below that in Santa Monica, Los Angeles, they call it the Silicon Beach area now. I mean, it's much more attractive, well, becoming more attractive to investors and entrepreneurs because of the weather and the location and everything. But um, near where we were, I was right in the heart of that place and so many friends and the, my roommates I was living with way before I met my wife were all connected into some type of entrepreneurial venture or right. startup product. And so uh-huh. I was so amazing being so exposed to that. So, you know, my background being in advertising, marketing technology was just perfect. So yeah. I'd, I I wanted to do something. And then I, I kind of flicked the switch on a service first after I left my agency job and that service kind of paved the way to a to a product Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so what do you think in terms of sort of like starting something like that was it what was the most important thing because i I sort of feel like a lot of the time it's probably like the talent right getting the right people Mm -hmm. together so like what what were you sort of thinking your biggest bits you were bringing to it and what was your partner or um, Simone, was it? Yeah, well, yeah. I, Simone Giacometti, a, a great friend of mine, um, nicknamed the Italian Stallion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to tell him we were doing this. Um, <laughs> forgot to tell him we gave so, him that nickname, but yeah. now it is published. <laughs> I'll give him uh, the heads up, but no, a dear friend of mine. Um, but I met Simone kind of once the idea turned into a product. I mean, it started with a service. So in terms of... Well, t- tell us about exactly what it was. Yeah, so the serv- The way it kind of came about was, I mean, my background is working for large global creative agencies. So, I mean, originally I was a project manager, then a producer, producer, sorry, and then <laughs> a program manager. So I was kind of like from the um, project management side, and then I mm-hmm. moved into the account side, and then... You know, way back in Australia before I left, um, Nick Davies, a good friend of ours, I was working with him and he taught me how to program. And so I wasn't a coder by trade, so I I could mess with it. And I wasn't a designer by trade, so I couldn't create concepts, but I could do a little bit of everything to kind of get me by. So I had this kind of all-rounder agency mentality. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what? Why don't I just start a small agency of my own? Yeah, Mm -hmm. cool. And that's how it started like crazy story though literally right in the beginning before i left my job at the creative agency this large global agency called j walter thompson jwt it's where i met my wife mm. um i went to so 
all around Santa Monica, literally every day of the week, there's this startup event. Right. That, that series of events called Startup Uncensored, where these billionaire founders would have like this fireside chat and talk to the audience about how they launched their company, how they made it. Mm-hmm. So just there was inspiration everywhere. And so I found, believe it or not, a an event one night that was titled How to Start an Agency with No Money and No Employees. Uh-huh. And I thought, God, this is like, Hello? perfect. It's <laughs> like, like the universe has like opened up for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the heavens have opened and yeah. this is my chance. I thought, wow, this is – so it was like – it was a free event or maybe it was 10 bucks or something and I went there. And there were some guest speakers of uh, folks that have started their own agency, folks that are doing lots of work for big clients, things like that. And so there was some kind of talk before and after and I was talking to this chap, this guy, and um, – he said, uh, oh, yeah, he builds websites for hotels and, and, um, and uh, companies and uh, startups along Venice Beach that are selling sunglasses and all this kind of stuff. And I said, oh, that's cool. He said, uh, what do you do? I said, oh, I'm thinking about starting an agency, but I don't really have you know, a starting point yet. I've got all the experience. But mm-hmm. he's like, well, actually, you know what? There's a client that just came to us that asked for a hotel website because we just won, a, won an award for designing a – one of, a website for one of the coolest hotels on the Strand there in Santa Monica called um, Shutters Hotel. It was a beautiful website. And he's like, they came to us asking for a website and uh, we had too much work and we don't really want to take on the job. Mm-hmm. If you want, I can make an intro for you. And I <laughs> yeah, like, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, not interested. I was like, I started like, dripping sweat with <laughs> excitement at that moment I said yes please I'm like this is what I do I didn't even have a business card and name yet nothing yeah yeah so he he made an intro and um I went and met with this hotel um mm. in Redondo Beach in Southern California and uh they said oh so let's talk about some of the hotel websites that you've built in the past and of course I haven't built any at all <laughs> like none nothing how do you navigate that conversation so that was another like dripping sweat on my moment. I was like, what, what do I do? So I basically said, oh, you know what? Um, I've had a lot of experience in the space working with some large brands in the hotel space, digital strategy, this and that. So I said, to make best use of your time, why don't I come back in like a week or so, put a presentation together mm-hmm. and show you all the hotel website work I've done in the past. And they said, great, let's do it. So I basically spent the next week learning everything about hotel websites, yeah. what the trends in the space were, what the kind of um, features and widgets and booking, yeah, booking yeah, experiences yeah. were. And uh, this was like going back now probably like for eight years ago, right when like full autoplay hero video um, was was seamlessly blended in with the yeah, homepage yeah, yeah. on load, all this stuff, and yeah. uh, just basically wowed them with a lot of... Um, ex- examples and talked about how it works and why balancing booking with like high immersive experience mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just basically blew their minds and like got the job straight away right. and used that as a way in to build to get a portfolio piece yep. and you know I went through the the tough time where you say can all my previous work from other jobs be listed on this new yeah, consultant yeah, yeah, that yeah, I did yeah. or not like can you list other uh-huh, uh-huh. so I decided not to I think I had some logos of brands we've helped and stuff like yeah. that but just had this full case study of everything and then used that as a platform and then all of a sudden we got like tons of um, 
work building websites and, and, and touchscreen experiences as well. So that's how the service started. Yeah, cool. And with that, that first key project, were you documenting the process while you were executing the project and creating that case study? Because that's something I'm noticing the importance of now. I'm, I've spent the last couple of weeks working on case studies. Yeah. And the more recent ones, it's like a breeze because it's all there. But the early ones, I'm like, oh, it's I, hard. I wish I was documenting this yeah. as I was executing. Mm-hmm. Well, over there, we call that flying the plane while you're building it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It, it is... It is little that. that it is. That's a term that's used all the time, even in fully established agencies. When mm-hmm. you're getting used to onboarding a new brand or something, yeah, so yeah. it was a lot of it was like mental documentation in the back of my mind type okay. thing. And then because as much as you wanted to lay out even more case studies and how you did it, you're also like aggressively marketing and networking and getting mm-hmm. out there and trying to meet people to get more projects in. But yeah, I had to because I realized that. Sooner rather than later, you're going to get asked for a link to case studies. Yeah. You're going to get asked to explain that. And so I was trying to do that as much as I could while, while keeping, uh, keeping focused on like more work, more work, <laughs> you know. Um, and so uh, something that I reckon is kind of interesting is probably a lot of people will say that, um, you know, it's, that sounds like a very sort of lucky story. You just happen to run into somebody, right? But really the reality is that it's – Yeah, but it's also just like the, the, the result that you see, but what you don't see is all the other sort of networking and meetups yeah. and conversations that people have had with people. Oh, yeah. And it just seems that even though you randomly ran at this guy, it was like, oh, hey, like do you want a job? And that sounds really lucky, but really it's not that right. It's all that work that comes before that. That's a great point. What I didn't say was that was probably the – that event was probably the – 12th event that like right. I went to before I actually had exactly, yeah. that um, and meeting with tons of people and stuff. So I think my ears weren't truly open for, okay, I'm going to flick the switch and try this. So right. it wasn't like aggressively networking. Uh-huh. It was just networking by friends and doing things like that. But, um, but yeah, that's the thing, right? Those opportunities come along a lot and it's just been open yeah. to them and grabbing them. Well, and it's also that, that that was masterfully handled that conversation <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Seriously. yeah yeah like that's yeah. it's not it's not like oh yeah and then i just like i got the job it's like no that was that was really well crafted oh. and and honest as well yeah, what, yeah. Like, that's the thing like you know i learned that if you try to i'll say speak out a term or like draw on something that's not true like it, my feeling was that i just don't want it to catch up with me in the end at some mm. point if it mm-hmm. ever did yeah so i think you're right honesty was absolutely key and just I remember reading like a quote from Richard Branson saying something like if an opportunity comes and you're like not ready for it or it's out of left field Mm -hmm. just take it in that moment and then just work out how to do it afterwards I I, I probably made that too long but but that's definitely something that that same quote has been front of mind for me before Mm -hmm. like a similar situation that's happened I've been asked to like develop a custom WordPress theme with no previous programming experience. I'm like, yep, I'll do it. You should be working out, right? Mm. Figure it out. You just have Late to nights here with Nick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nick's yeah. just like, oh, my God. <laughs> that is probably the, the most disgusting code I've ever seen in my life. And Nick's business partner, Andrew, will come over and he's like, oh, man. Seriously, I'm having an aneurysm looking at this. <laughs> you just never know what that might lead to. No, and, and now it's like it's, it worked out, you know, yeah. and there's, there's an understanding of the base of... What's involved there? Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, all right, so then John's actually going into 
um, the product then that yeah, you ended up. Yeah. yeah. So how did that sort of come about? Or, yeah, or what was it? How did it come about? So while we were doing, while I and a couple of other contractors that I found on Craigslist, I needed programmers, I needed some others to help me build this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as doing that, I um, realized that after the hotel website went live and we kind of, we won an internet marketing award or an IMA award. It's like this level of awards out there that you have to submit for and you can win. Mm-hmm. And we won like best tourism website or something. And yeah. I was like, wow, this is, I've got to leverage the hell. <laughs> yes. That little icon stamp at yeah, the bottom yeah, of the yeah. email and on the footer of the website. Oh man, I leveraged the hell out of it. <laughs> <laughs> because like you're saying, just you've got to use whatever you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like another avenue. So you leverage that, um, tried to find some other work and then realized an opportunity in the hotel digital space. A lot of, this was, again, this was like eight years ago. So a lot of high-end hotels like the Four Seasons and like luxury boutique hotels started to have like iPads in the rooms Mm -hmm. where you can order room service and like book a spa treatment, stuff like that. And there were a couple of big companies that we found from Googling that were offering this um, to a lot of large hotels. And then we realized... And that was sort of like of, custom built sort of for that hotel, right? Exa- like uh, well they were they were products that they were rolling out okay. and like tailoring some features. Right, right, you right. know, do you have room service? Yes, no, do you have this? Mm-hmm. Yes, no. So they were and then like custom design, whatever. Yep. So uh, like uh, all templated. So yep. it was a product. Okay. And then I realized that you know what? The hotel that I started to learn a lot from, um, which was the it was the Crown Plaza hotel complex. Um mm-hmm out there part of um, the IHG network. And so we, once this site went live, we asked for introductions to other hotels to get works. We mm. had a strong relationship with the managing right. director there. He's since retired. He and I are friends on Facebook and, you know, it's just relationships. We'll get to that at some point. Mm-hmm. Just the power of relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. And so we realized that the Crown Plaza Hotel and others in like the budget hotel space, like a Best Western Hotel or a Choice Hotel, didn't have anything like this kind of in-room guest-facing technology. Yeah, it was only yeah. for like the high-end hotels. Uh-huh. So I said, you know what? I can, we can build one of these. We can build something like this, leverage as many lessons learned as possible from like the big tech and the big luxury hotels and bring this at an affordable price point to like the lower level Mm -hmm. hotels like I feel there's an opportunity there so I was processing this in my mind for like a month or so while I was doing some other work with my contractors on websites and then again another event in Santa Monica these events that are every day Mm -hmm. it was like a hundred startups that's what the event's called right so a hundred people or tiny teams took the mic for one minute and it was like a hundred pitches oh in one God. minute in one yeah. night yeah. Um, do they do those out here back home um, <clears throat> they've got like entrepreneurial meetups and stuff like that but okay. probably I don't think I don't think the scale is there which is yeah, yeah. it's of course you know classic yeah um, <laughs> we'll get to that at some point too yeah, so. yeah. but I've been to an event like that okay. but it was, it was more like 15 well, pitches like 15, right. in like an hour so I don't know if you remember you know you get the uh, Shark Tank the yeah, show, yeah. Right? yeah so do you know um, Damon Damon John He's the guy that started the brand FUBU. Oh, yeah. Remember FUBU? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's on the, in the American version. Obviously, he's one of those sharks. And he was there at this event uh, giving stories too and was listening to some of the pitches. Mm. But they're like rapid fire, yeah, one minute yeah, each, yeah. right? So it was mm. kind of chaotic. 
So I got up there. I had to get to register for the event and see if you wanted to pitch and take the mic. Um, not everyone did, but... So I got up and I basically pitched the idea of offering this mobile mobile concierge service, this mm-hmm. kind of um, guest-facing technology for the smaller hotels. And I, I pitched the concept and I said what I was looking for, which was a developer. Mm-hmm. It was just me so far and my contractors. Mm-hmm. And so after the event... Simone Giacometti came up to me. Uh-huh. My friend was in the audience. The Italian and, uh, the Italian stallion. <laughs> he he raised his head again. Yeah. <laughs> he, he came out and he came over and said, hey, man, you know, that sounds cool. What, uh, how far along are you? You know, uh-huh. I, I like the idea. So um, you, you, had you known him before that? No. No, okay. First, first right, time okay. I met him, that yeah. was the first time. Uh-huh. And uh, I think it was at Cross Campus, the location out there, which, crazy enough, it's where President Obama came to visit when he came to Los Angeles once. Right. Oh, the several visits. He he wanted to get involved in like the the entrepreneurial community, um, awesome. people that are creating jobs and you know adding to the workforce and right. just pushing innovation, which was a huge part of his um, his his campaign, of course. So of all places, he came there. It was amazing. Yeah, cool. It's just absolutely amazing. So anyway, so Simone came up and we talked, and he's like, you know, this this sounds cool. Let's let's chat. Let's get a coffee sometime. Let's kind of work it out. And so. We we met like a week or so later. Actually, no, a week. What am I saying? It was literally like probably within 48 hours. Mm-hmm. Things moved pretty quick. And we loved it. We're like, you know what? Let, let's do it. And I was kind of erring on the side of caution, trying to look up documents and advice from all these communities on how to set up contractually with the co-founder, yeah, how to structure, yeah. you know, and maybe spend too much time thinking about it. But we, we got in and we got rolling. And all of a sudden, we started building this thing. Mm-hmm. And it was... It was just happening. We were, he brought to the table a network of offshore, we called them nearshore programmers in mm-hmm. Costa Rica. Okay. Which he'd always, he'd worked with in the past. Right. Because he created some products and services, so he was definitely in the business. Um, and that was one of the many things that he brought to the table, was this network of developers kind of beyond him. And it's crazy. In Los Angeles, where we were, it's faster to fly to Costa Rica than it is to New York. Really? And the time zone is one hour instead of three. Yeah, right. So it's so, actually, it's just a win, 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 win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of how things started. So we had a vision. So it was just him and I. So I was like um, creating the relationships with the hotels. Um, I was doing the um, all the user experience stuff, which mm-hmm. if you saw any of that now, you'd laugh at. Literally <laughs> wireframes in PowerPoint. Yeah, like that's yeah. the level of how it went. But it was enough to pass to the developers yeah, to bridge yeah. that gap, right? Because, mm-hmm. again come from the agency side, I know exactly what developers need in order to help build the picture. So we were able to leverage all the things that we could bring. And um, we had this kind of machine that was working and we were getting to a point where we could finally test something. And this was all before we rolled out the pilot program at mm-hmm. the hotel, mm-hmm. which should probably do the next thing. But yeah, it was like it was real. This was kind of happening. We kind of said, close the books on any new client work so we could focus right. entirely on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what was – how did you, I guess, get and keep the motivation? Because I think that's probably one of the biggest things in starting something like this is just keeping at it somehow. And what was – or what do you reckon is the best, even Tom as well, the, in terms of motivation and keeping it in? Yeah, I guess it's – for me, it's um, just the the vision of the future is mm-hmm. clear. Like right, okay. I can really see it. You can see like an endpoint and visualize. Well, it's not just not necessarily an endpoint, okay. but I can look 
three years into the future and there, there's a sequence of things that are just really clear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's what it is for me. As in, so you can sort of imagine in that three years and think, okay, what do I need to do right now to start progressing like towards that? Well, yeah, but I guess it's also um, that is the the fuel that keeps me yeah, going. Okay. Like, yeah. and and like working in the dark, I guess. Like, um, even with this podcast, it's like you know we've kind of been working in the dark mm-hmm. on the episodes mm-hmm. for so long now, for six months, without really sharing it with anyone or yep. having any design yep. tied to it. Or um, even knowing if anybody's going to listen to it or like it. Like. Yeah, and, but, that, that's, but that's fine. But this, this kind of internal uh-huh. fire where I can just see people benefiting from it and, like, building yeah, a yeah. community that's based on um, learning, mm-hmm. really. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. What about you, Nick? Um, your next. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, probably for me... Uh, Definitely learning comes into it. Like that's a big part of, I think probably the developer community in general, like um, as soon as you sort of start using Stack Overflow and realizing that everybody that's on that is giving up their free time to answer questions, you know, and without Stack Overflow, at least in this generation, you wouldn't be a programmer or at least you'd be, you know, way worse. Mm. Um, And it's such an amazing resource. And I think that's sort of embedded into the developer um, mindset almost in a way that, wow, like these people have helped teach you. So you need to give back and help teach other people and, and offer your learnings um, so that other people can benefit from it. So definitely, like in relation to the podcast, that's a massive part of it. Um, but I guess it comes down to what general passion maybe is the word there. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's a wanting to create and doing something you enjoy. And I, I guess that's a, that's a trick, right? Like you want to find, if you're ever doing personal projects, you want to enjoy it. Otherwise, you're not going to keep doing it. Mm. So if you want to try and start something or even if it's – if you're learning um, development, like they find a lot – well, people say a lot, oh, just start like a little project, build a little website that shows the weather or whatever it is. Hmm. But and, – and Tom, you've said this a lot before, always try and do one of those projects but do something that you're passionate about as well or try and mix in it some aligns, other passion. It aligns to your yeah. values. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, it's kind of like this alignment of purpose, vision and values. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. when those are all there. Yeah, then the motivation comes. You can be onto something shit yeah. hot. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I'm keen to hear from you. Um, yeah, it's. I think it's a lot of things. I think for me over there, it was just by way of location and the community aspect. Right, like, right. So many people were just creating, uh-huh. and I feel, and I've, I've lost a perspective on this here in Australia. Being away for 15 years, I often ask Nick this, but. Um, I feel like everyone over there is innovating in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're in a creative industry, so obviously, we're, we, you know, we 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 get a lot of that. But I feel everyone I meet is either connected to something, has a history of something, comes from a family who had created something or right. knows someone. So, so I mean, that's that country was built on, you know, people that are just creating and generating opportunities. Yeah, the, American dream, John, the American dream, John. The American dream. <laughs> well, the American dream traditionally like a, a big house and the family and kids and the 2. neighborhood. 2.3 kids. And, yeah. <laughs> and all of that. But, um, but I guess it's the idea that you can build something and create something yourself, right? That That's the core of it. And I feel like even back home here in Australia, I mean, I come, uh, I had a, uh, 
No, I had I was at Swinburne University and did a Bachelor of um, Networking and Computing. I was supposed to be this Cisco network routing engineer <laughs> guy, yeah. but there's a couple of subjects that were on like animation and creative and this and that. And so I and then I worked at a, a, a great place here in Australia right out of university called Acumen or Acumentum. Came from there and but I just remember I don't remember Maybe my my eyes weren't open to it, but people that had side jobs, creating something, Mm -hmm. making something, Mm -hmm. the energy to just want to put something out into the world digitally. I just feel like out there, being in the U.S. for 15 years now, everyone is doing it. So I think it's a great energy and momentum to surround what you already had inside of you in terms of some fire and inspiration. I reckon that that's awesome, and I mean that's you know the the classic sort of you're the average of the five people that you hang out with or whatever you know trying to make yes. whatever is normal go into that culture whether that's a group of people or a, um, you know events or networking or whatever it is. But if you immerse yourself in that group of people where starting something and pushing yourself really hard is normal, you start to sort of adopt those qualities mm. and be like that as well. I, I think say, that's a powerful yeah. thing. I mean. Create friends and hang out with people that 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 you want to be inspired by mm, and you want mm. to have rub off on you and it just it's for really, sure. That's why these places like well, the, the, the energy space in the co-working yeah. spaces. I mean, we have we work. Yeah, we work here as well. Yeah, we, yep. yeah, yeah. So yep. we work out there, and so I love this this space. The comments, it's it's the, the energy just coming out. I've only been here twice, and mm-hmm. you can just tell that. People you meet left and right, you leverage their expertise. You find out what others are doing. And everyone's creating. It's just. Yeah. It's just phenomenal. It just fuels a lot more, I think. And it also, I mean, there's also a potential bad side to some of that, you know, crazy inspiration and motivation Mm -hmm. too. Like I know there's a, I don't know, do you guys know Gary Vaynerchuk? Yeah. Gary V. Yeah, Um, yeah. So so I follow him a lot. So he's both just brilliant and sometimes, you know, there's been some talk of mixed messages. The idea of this hustle, this like Mm -hmm. 24-7 nonstop hustle mm. lifestyle that it's the only way to succeed and a lot of articles come out of people saying that you know what if you read too much into that you'll burn yourself out this idea of working smarter not harder a lot of that mm. too is is key so i think for me one of the challenges is constantly trying to focus a lot yeah. on what it is that you're truly trying to make or create and take baby steps to it versus just being overwhelmed by so many other people that are succeeding in different Mm -hmm. places or advice of you've got to be working 24-7, no sleep doing it. That's the only way to make it. So I think if you can strike that balance of knowing what works for you and where you draw your motivation from and what your path is, then I think that's that's key because this startup life is getting more and more common and so many more Mm -hmm. people are looking into it. So that balance, how do you guys manage to strike that well, strike just, that balance and keep that focus. Yeah, and just just on um, this this subject, a few pieces of literature um, spring to mind for me. I've been rinsing the Audible um, audio books lately, yes. <laughs> and so start with why the compound effect, yeah. um, atomic habits, mm-hmm. and it is just. I think it's really important to reflect um, on progress often, like. Mm-hmm. So what Nick, I, and Andrew do is have these quarterly kind of, um, I guess, discovery sessions or rediscovery of um, where the business is at. Awesome. And we set professional and personal goals. Um, and each time it's like, oh, wow, we've made so much progress. 
and yet if I was just staying in the business and just like, you know, head down and working away, I'd be like, oh, you know, there's that huge studio and they're killing it, they're working with VR and I'm just yeah, here yeah. like doing uh-huh. my thing. So I think that's, that's, that's one um, mm-hmm. thing that has started to come into play like in the last nine months mm-hmm. that's been a, a game changer for, for me. What about you, Nick? Um, yeah, well, definitely like we were talking about before in terms of the the commons here. And I remember when we first moved in and I was oh, – because prior to that we were working uh, from home um, and I was kind of happy working from home to be honest. And then Andrew was like, no, nah, I need to get out of here. Yeah. Um, mm. So we got the a spot of the commons. Yeah. yeah, it, it, it was yeah. driving me bonkers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so we moved in here and then I'll just never forget sort of just even, even just walking down the aisles or walking down, you know, where all the desks are and just looking at everybody just doing awesome stuff and people are making things or creating things and running this and doing yeah. this and everybody's just like working really hard. And it was just like, wow, even just walking down the, the corridor is sort of, you know, invigorating or mm. inspiring to yes. see all these people doing different things. Yeah. But, and that elevates you, right? That elevates a your perspective whether yep. you realize yep. it or not. All of a sudden your baseline of man, should I do this? Can I do this? Mm-hmm. Wow, people are so far ahead of me. Yeah, I've got to yeah. start somewhere. Yeah. I've got to enter the race. And then all of a sudden, by way of the community, it just it just elevates you in, in where you're trying to get. Again, coming down to like the people you, you hang around mm-hmm. with, the people that yeah. inspire you, right? And I think that, you know, that comes down to as well sort of the it, – it shows, I guess, that a lot of it is about your mindset mm-hmm. and where you sort of position yourself and what you believe about yourself and right. what totally. you think you can do. And so – yeah, as soon as and you sort of can break through those barriers, you can just accelerate so quick. Yeah, and in my in my case, working from home was putting a kind of ceiling on what I what right, I perceived right. like yeah, the potential yeah. of things to be. Uh-huh. And it's only in being in these environments. The, the first time for me was like going to a co working space in Brazil, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, oh my god, it's like everyone's launching products. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everyone's yeah. going for it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and, and in your case, it's this Silicon Beach. Um. It was that got me started. And, you know, so so to kind of fast track a little bit on my, my path, so um, we launched the pilot program at the hotel and it was just incredibly exciting. I remember the day Simone and I rocked up with... We had iPads that we put in mm-hmm. uh, the front desk, in room service, in housekeeping, and we had little ticket printers that would print out a ticket. So when on on the phone, it wasn't an app. So that was one big thing for us, we realized. And I'd love to get your guys' perspective on this too. We realized that we did some interviews first with guests and, and talked to the hotel, and we, and we realized that I, I, the, the real estate on this device is just so precious. Mm-hmm. And unless you have mind-blowing value to add. I think the idea of trying to get someone to download an app is, back then, it may have changed now, like was was really, really tough. So we we determined that a simple URL to access, so a cloud-based, just web-based, no app, not native um, version of the product was ideal. So mm-hmm. a guest could check into the hotel and they'd see the little sign there and even on the email when they booked, um, there'd be a, you know, order room service or, you know, uh, guest services remotely, you'd go to this link and all of a sudden they'd go to this URL and it would list out the hotel features. Um, you could book room service, you could order food, you could um, look at um, uh, travel and flights and stuff like that. And um, we found that guests would go to the link pretty soon after check-in mm-hmm. and 
go through it, but you know, lots of things failed, lots of things broke, some of the tickets weren't being printed, mm-hmm. um, meal orders were being lost. I mean, it was just all the chaos you can imagine yeah, of launching yeah. a product. I mean, this is a B2B product mm. in like um, a business, in a hotel, mm. right? So everything went wrong and then we, we, we fixed things every night and drove back to the hotel and deployed updates and what was it? we learned so much and it was just so amazing and so the boss let us incentivize the staff saying if you if you promise to look at our dashboard to you know action guest requests instead of the phone as well mm-hmm. then we'll give you like target gift cards and starbucks gift cards yeah, right. and we really had to incentivize like the service and so we learned you know we really learned a lot from that, you know, and we met with investors up and down Southern California um, with our 10-slide deck, you mm-hmm. know, we had all that kind of baked and, and you know, investors were like, this is great, we love that you've taken a proven product in the top-tier luxury space and found a way to create that same offering right. for the, the low-tier where technology mm-hmm. is a lot diffi- more difficult to come by and no guest-facing experience mm-hmm. at all in terms of tech at these budget hotels but like we want to see you in way more hotels we want to see you right. in a hundred hotels mm-hmm. at the same time you know we, we bootstrap this ourselves, mm-hmm. and so you know the hotels we were talking to and getting more introductions to were saying this sounds great do you have financial backing from investors right. so it was this kind of cash 22 oh, yeah, situation yeah, right. right so they wanted stability from these guys coming in and deploying a product mm-hmm. And the investors wanted to see scale already. Mm. And so we were caught in the middle and, um, and you know, we essentially ran out of bootstrap funds and we decided, you know what, we got to get jobs again. This has been a successful failure. Yeah, and we've yeah. learned a hell of a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so we realized that maybe we should reach out to other companies and products that are offering similar solutions to hotels but don't have a guest-facing component. Right. So that was kind of when we decided to... And I remember, Simone and I, we went, we went to Subway in Santa Monica, had lunch <laughs> one time, sat down and said, let's pull the plug, let's just try and sell it. Uh-huh. Why don't we reach out to some companies? So that day, we crafted an email, we sent it the next morning to like 12 companies, online reservation companies that didn't have a guest-facing mm-hmm. service. Um, we reached out to a bunch of other companies, even some competitors we were watching. Mm-hmm. We sent like 12 emails and within two days we got like eight replies. Oh my God. Yeah. And I saw, said to Smart, damn, we should have looked at doing this like a long time ago. Jeez. Right. So we had meetings and, and we got talking to one company and it took like a year and a half of conversations, but we were in no rush by that time. I had a job, he was doing right, other things. Right. And we ended up, you know, just in the last year, year and a half, we sold it, fully integrated it into this other small company's product that had 1,100 hotels worldwide, mm-hmm. and they've even improved it since then. And in the end, we were stoked because, you know, we created something from scratch, built it, deployed it in several pilot programs, refined it, ready, and then we're ready to get to the next step. And it was integrated into another company's offering that had a lot of clients, and it had a life of its own, and now it's continuing on. Having maybe 10 years on you guys... Um, life just kind of happens after that too mm-hmm. and so you know uh, we were chatting a little bit before about you guys uh doing so much and learning so much now in in creating something from scratch of your own um because 
you know, it's it's harder a bit later because the amount of free time you have mm. dwindles, you know. Mm. And so, yeah. how are you guys? Uh, how are you guys thinking forward into like what's what's next? I mean, are you? Uh, what do you guys think about where you're going to take it? Yeah, that's that's interesting. Like, I at the moment, I guess I'm the way I kind of see it is um, doing or or running links. Um, as a passion thing and as a thing to help sustain a lifestyle that I have or that I want, I guess, in a way. Um, And not sure how that'll change in the future, but Mm. to be honest, I probably haven't put that much thought into it. Like, I guess I'm just kind of enjoying the ride at the moment, like from from a personal perspective. Um, Yeah. What do you you reckon, Tom? Well, for me, I mean, because there are all the projects, you know, so like with, Mm. with one of the bands, it's like I want to tour Australia. That's right. I want to want to play those huge gigs, um, and put out you know music that we're really proud of. Yeah. Um, with this podcast or with Divine, there is I don't know there are some really cool ideas about like mm, yeah. transforming it into an education platform and nice. and video content and um, yeah short courses and and things of that variety because they link to this idea of you know sharing knowledge and building this community. Yeah. yeah. And I guess essentially providing this um, this Silicon Beach, you know, um, mm. this environment for people to yeah yeah look look not look up to but to be involved in totally yeah. Um, and for my own uh, business, I want to just continue to be able to solve more complex problems mm-hmm. for 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 clients, and that that also means like collaborating with. The sickest people, like in this co-working space, yeah. just started to um, put together proposals that are involving more and more people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's all it's all just heaps of fun. Yeah, it awesome. is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's probably a lot of folks that will end up listening to this that either are doing what we do or in this space, mm-hmm. or some that like might have. And might be still studying and looking forward to start something, or some that might be, you know, working full-time jobs that might be, you know, more senior in their career and are thinking about starting something yeah. on the side yeah, or looking definitely. at branching into... Because, you know, people know realise nowadays that, I mean, anyone that has access to a camera can be a journalist. Mm-hmm. Anyone that can be smart enough to Google how to build a website will find Squarespace, will find mm-hmm. Word... And we'll realize that the barrier to entry is just so low to yeah, long yeah. to provide a blog if they're passionate about talking about something or to drop ship products <laughs> from yeah. overseas. Mm-hmm. Like people are starting to realize that. So, what you know, I think our role is um, and the things that we do is to try and demystify how difficult it is to try and start because yeah, it's just yeah. not nowadays. Mm-hmm. It's just the starting. Right? It's the starting. Yeah. yeah, it's that first step, which is the first of about seven billion. Yeah, and often it's like you just see the seven billionth step. Exactly. It's like, oh, how am I going to take? Yeah, the first. You mm. know, um, I read a lot of. I've listened to a lot of podcasts on the on the train to work, and I've told Nick there's a couple that that I've found really interesting in terms of. Um, launching from scratch. Yeah, which ones? Um, I'd love to share it with our listeners as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of them is called um, Side Hustle Nation. Okay. By a, a guy called Nick Nick Loper L O P E R, and of all the ones I've looked through, 
Um, I think the ones that Nick puts out there, I mean, he's been doing this for years. He's up to like episode 300 or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. And the, the, his interview style, much like when I first listened to you guys, a lot of organic, just natural conversation, but he brings people on that have created something from nothing mm-hmm. and asks them to like talk about their journey and really digs in on real-world examples. Every single one I listen to, there's a new service or offering or product or something that I just write down and leverage. Um, Mm -hmm. Just really inspiring stories. Um, And some of the biggest takeaways he always talks about are just just starting somewhere, just trying to get over that Mm -hmm. procrastination. Mm -hmm. Um, And coming from the perspective of now being in full-time work, if you're looking at trying to find something on the side... You've got to, I mean, you can plan and look at a market, create an opportunity, find out where things are trending. You can do all of that and do all that research, and that's great as well. Or you can just start and see where it ends up. Yeah. And if yeah. it doesn't work, kill it and start something else. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of that is um, is kind of inspiring. So, yeah, I'd look at Side Hustle Nation. Um can I think of any others off the top of my hand? Because uh, that's the one I If you can't, we can just chuck some others in the show notes. Put in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. And he puts out show notes every time. Lessons yeah. learned, the top 10 takeaways. Mm-hmm. Really awesome. awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was just about to say, like, that's sort of like the format of what we do here. So maybe we sort of go into what the key takeaways of this, this episode is, I guess. And um, I think probably from hearing your story, John, the start there is definitely that networking aspect, right? Is the just networking lots talking to lots of people just getting out there yeah i think networking <coughs> but with 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 a Intent. particular mindset mm-hmm. um with an openness to experience yeah 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 um and i guess also having that um having that dialogue in the back of your head ready to go in that when that opportunity presented itself you were ready Jump to go. yeah um yeah you can't be like oh, oh i'm not good enough or yeah, like yeah. oh i'm not really experienced like it's just like no there goes the opportunity. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely network or just having conversations mm-hmm. um, with intent. Um, flying the plane while you're building it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I've always been a. You fan guys haven't just... heard that phrase before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I had not personally. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like yeah, I mean, I've always lived by the idea of just like jumping in the deep end and just saying yes and just like figuring it out later because you can always figure it out. Mm. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. You crash the plane, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Um, other thing is leverage what you can, and, and by that I, I interpret it as like take time to reflect on the successes of whatever project you're working on, mm-hmm. because that can become like a key nugget of information communicating the value to to someone else to unlock the next opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you agree with that? I do. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's great. And uh, you know, one of the big things to me is just um, uh, is just realizing that we all have like hobbies and passions and interests and is there is there will others beyond just yourself have the same type of um the same type of passion as well is there something that you can do to bring what you're good at to the world somehow Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. can you can you educate can you sell something can you provide you know, really interesting opinions on an industry that you know so well. Um, and can you start something and provide an interesting perspective on issues within your industry? Um, you know, a lot of the... I work with a lot of uh, really talented writers and um, they're often pressed to create 
content and stories and tweets and content and、mm. like nuggets of insight to、mm. to bring to an industry. And、um, you know, one of the things they look for is what are the things that everyone wants to know but no one truly talks about yeah, enough. Yeah. What are like tensions in the space or the industry? That are creating a lot of friction and a lot of opinions on both sides of the story,、um, and how can you insert yourself into that kind of conversation or,、mm-hmm. or, or lead conversation? Yeah, cool. That, which is interesting.、And、I think part of that as well is、um, there's a, a famous cartoonist.、Um, I forget his name, but he talks about how, in terms of sort of finding a niche or finding something he wants to bring to the world, he was saying that you know he's a, a decent drawer, so t- in the top twenty percent, he. But you know that's not good enough to be recognised in any way because、um, there's lots of people in that twenty percent. But then he was also a pretty good comedian in maybe the top twenty percent, and then he was also,、um, you know, good at、um, I forget what it was, but there was a third one as well. But he's saying, but then bringing all those together, that's sort of the unique combination of those different skills、mm, and hobbies、that. or interests or whatever,、yeah. and that makes him in the top point zero one percent of that combination. And then using that to be, you know, whatever yeah, you do, that's、right. sick. Yeah, is it Clark and Door? Is that is that a Clark and something? Maybe.、Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'll、oh, check into the notes over it. Yeah, it's funny. I le- one of the things that you may see from、um, the Side Hustle Nation、um, podcast and blog that Nick Loper puts out. One story that I remember. It's funny. It's coming to mind because we're literally looking at buying a, a, a bouncy house. One of those, you know, big jumpy castle.、Yeah. Jumpy castle. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's just in the U.S., but anything that you see, anything can be bought there. I mean, anything, yeah, anything yeah. like these giant bouncy houses, perfect for summertime. So we're looking at one for the children.、Um, and I remember there was an episode where、uh, one of the guests came on the side hustle nation. I forget his name, but his story was he realised from just looking at Google Trends, just looking at keyword analysis tools, all of that, that. So many people are looking for it's you know it's seasonal, but they're searching for bouncy house,、right. searching for jumpy castles, and there was no single like online store where this can be purchased like easily. So、right. he literally found I don't know how he found the manufacturers of all these these stores, wrote to them, essentially said, "Can I sell your product for you?"、Mm-hmm. Like the most simplest form of affiliate marketing,、mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. And he, I think it's literally just the bouncyhousestore.com or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> literally, that was, that's all it is. I'd love to work on the branding. For yeah, you. <laughs> it was so much fun. And there was, it was such an opportunity because this guy's killing it. He's literally his site just sends, and so he called all the manufacturers and he said, "Look, for a fee, can you send your、mm-hmm. bouncy house product directly to my customer wherever I find them?" Yeah. So we set so many of those, and the store is now、um, literally killing it. And he has several employees, and that's all he does. Yeah, yeah. Somehow that industry was so ripe for disruption. Yeah. That another story on the Side Hustle Nation blog is about someone that created a rental version yeah, of Jumpy yeah, yeah. Castles as well.、Mm-hmm. So selling and renting that was such a niche、mm. or niche <laughs> that they just jumped on it and blew it up. Use、yeah. WordPress, created the blog, created the site. Killing it.、Mm. I mean, you can. You just got to start somewhere. Yeah. 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 Right. That's.、Uh, it's been a been a great chat. Yeah. Thanks awesome. Been good. Thanks so much for flying over here to talk to <laughs> us. And and also wearing your t-shirt, which has a, a picture of Australia and the word home written across the front of it. Brilliant.、Okay. <laughs> represent here and abroad. <laughs> good and, stuff.、Uh, thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.